we thankful to you oh, yes, for this Lord. opportunity we have to come before your throne of mercy and yes. of grace. Thank you for your love, for your grace, your protection, your care. Father, thank you for everyone that's present here tonight and those that are listening over the air. We pray that you'll minister to everyone tonight, Father. Fill the needs in their lives. Father, there's special appreciation tonight for our Lord Jesus and the sacrifice that he made and the sacrifice that he was and the blood that he shed to bring us salvation. Please remember those that are suffering tonight, those with challenges and problems, those with sicknesses, O oh Father, and burdens too heavy for them to bear. We ask that you'll reach down your hand of grace and compassion. Please give them strength. Please heal those that are sick, we pray. Oh God, we ask that you'll make those that are weak tonight strong in you, Father. Let them experience your hand of mercy and compassion and your touch in their lives. Thank you tonight for bringing Brother Singh and Sister Singh back safe from their trip. We ask that you'll bless this weekend tonight, Father, we pray. In Jesus' most precious and wonderful name, we thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I want us to, I want you to join me in prayer. As we, um, Sister, Sister Indira Ramnarine. What is her last name? Sarojini? Something like that. Yeah. Um, they had a little, a, there's nothing like a little accident. They had an accident on the road while on their way to church. Um, a vehicle came from the back and hit them. And um, I spoke to James, and he said that they were not, uh, the, their car was not badly damaged, just barely damaged. And the person hit, that hit them, their car was damaged. But you know, Sister Indira, she is not a very strong person in her faith, and she's always having complications in her body. So we want to pray that the Lord would strengthen them through this little trial tonight. All right? And um, things, you can have a small accident and it could end up serious. A man could bend down to just pick a sheet of paper from the floor and damage his spine. The human body is frail. Amen. Let's pray. Father, tonight we remember Indira and James Lord in this mishap on the road. God, we pray that you'll touch Indira and strengthen her faith. Keep them, O oh God, from serious injury. We pray, Father, that you'll help them that this whole thing works out and that they'll walk out of there or drive out of there with scarcely anything to worry about. Strengthen their faith. Let your hand rest upon their lives, Father. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name and for his glory. Amen and amen. Well, <clears throat> we are certainly glad to be back from our trip in Guyana. And um, what can I say? God has been good to us. Um, I really do not like to travel. I used to like to travel, but traveling for me these days has become rather tedious and stressful. Going to Guyana, we had to endure nine hours of layover in 
in Miami. And, you know, we made it. Um, time flies. Where did the nine days that we went away went to? Like, time really flies. Um, we're glad tonight to be back. The trip was there. You're flying these days. It's, um, you're always, you know, concerned about air travel, things happening, uh, COVID-19 virus spreading around. And um, what can I say? These are all things we need to pray about and worry about and be concerned about. But we made it and there were uh, just a short report on, on Guyana. Um, there were 10 of us that went in for the meeting, 10 of us from North America. I'm glad that Brother Glenn Goodwin, um, who scarcely travels anywhere without Sister Pam Goodwin, he made it in, his son Joshua, his wife Haley, Ahalia was there, and Brother Antoine and Brother Sam Phil, the one that plays the bass guitar, they were there. Brother Katinji and Sister Tina, they were there. So in all, we were 10 from North America. Am I counting it right? Brother Richard. Uh, we got, and oh right, I forgot Carmen and, and, and um, his wife. They were also there. So how much we got? 12? About 12 of us. And um, what can I say? I was really amazed at the building that Brother Murphy put together. And he has future plans. And so I told him, I said that, um, you know, in these days when we build and when we do construction for the work of God, we can plan for the future, but don't exaggerate your spending because you might be the one left to carry the responsibility of taking care of all the work. When I look at Brother Murphy, um, he and his wife, Sister Seema, they did a tremendous job in managing a meeting, a one-day dedication service, one-day dedication service, but we had about, we had a little, maybe a little over 50 people there, and they both cooked. Uh, they both cooked and prepared a meal, and their dining area was very nice. Of course, Guyanese, the people visiting and the members of the church were all shy, and so they prefer to take their food in containers. It looks like they have done this before, like taking home, getting together and taking home their food in containers. So they all did that. And um, uh, those of us, we sat down. It was a delicious presentation meal presented to us. The presentation was good. The food was good. Um, they did a sort of mixture, Guyanese uh, food, fried rice um, with barbecue chicken. And together with that, uh, there is a kind of, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, um, it's a kind of a roti with, um, they call it dal puri. Sister Seema makes the best dal puri in the world. Uh, she makes, it's thin, and yet it's got the split peas on the inside. And that, together with mutton curry, 
And um, it was nice. They made their own dessert, a tasty, tasty cake. Solid, but uh, soft, solid, and not as sweet as, you know, some cakes are. But they did a good job. And I think um, I must commend Brother Murphy for the work that he has done in the midst of all the trials. And I'm looking around for people to, that would stand with him and assist him in his work. And I can't find individuals. And I hope that his sons, he has two sons and a daughter that works with them. And I hope they can rise up to the challenge of taking things over. Uh, it's not easy. It's easy to talk and, you know, speculate and give advice. But when it comes to putting your shoulder to the wheel, uh, there are few shoulders that want to uh, face the grind of the work of God. And so I want to thank God for Brother Murphy and his wife and his family that's doing a tremendous job in the work in Guyana. I appreciate the brothers that, the saints that went to the meeting, uh, to the dedication service that were there. And so I felt I needed to sit back and let the brothers preach. And so uh, Brother Mike, Brother Murphy said a few words and he backed away. And then Brother Richard, I said, Brother Richard, you were the one that Brother Murphy got converted under. Um, uh, he was the one that was in the service the day Brother Murphy got converted. I said, you get up and preach. So he got up and talked about five minutes. You know, and then he sat down. I said, Brother Glenn, you get up. And he got another uh, five, ten minutes in. And uh, when they were all finished, Brother Katinji, Brother Joshua, Brother, even Brother Sam Phil, uh, Brother Antoine, everybody got up. And still there was like 40 minutes to go. And so they said, we cut short so you can preach. And so I got up. And you know, every time I get up, you could get up and preach a tremendous message. But the people are simple people. They don't need a tremendous message. And I really needed God to help me to talk to the people in simple language, not complicated doctrines, not detail of anything. But while I was talking to them, thoughts came into my head that would be in my heart here to share with you uh, tonight. Uh, we are here in church and we are not many. But uh, we are enough to hear the word of God. If there is one or one thousand, we still preach the gospel. And um, it was nice going home to Guyana. Just a little bit report on Guyana. Guyana has improved tremendously from the last time I visited it. Of course, uh, while uh, individuals, industrious individuals are helping to improve Guyana, they're also crooks. You know, they... The rate of crime in some sections has also increased, but I never felt unsafe. We stayed close to the church and then we moved down to Georgetown. Uh, if you don't know about Guyana, Guyana, if you're following us online and listening to this message, and you know, I really appreciate all these people that communicate with me on Messenger. You'll be surprised to know that when you're listening to the streaming, you don't see who really is listening. Uh, there's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. Some people I don't even know. 
And uh, they are following this church and following the message and listening to the message. Uh, when you are asleep, they are there following the message. I would like to think hundreds are following us. Uh, you know, people don't like to expose themselves until they get blessed with something and then they message you and says, I appreciate that message uh, because it touches their life in a special way. And because of the undeclared uh, disciples that we have around the world, uh, it reminds me of Joseph of Arimathea, secret disciple, that when everyone backed away and ran for their life, he came up and he asked for the body of Jesus. He had more courage than those that followed Jesus on a daily basis. And I've learned in life that is how God operates. And so Guyana has increased. I was privileged. We went for lunch. I told Brother Murphy he was driving us to deliver something to a needy case. And I told him, I said, when we get back into the city, we just left Georgetown, crossed over the river, and came back. I said, I'll buy you lunch. And so we ended up uh, at, he said, let's go to the mall, final conclusion. So we went to the mall. You know what, they have a mall in Guyana. Uh, what is the mall in Guyana? Well, it is better than any mall I've seen in Canada. The mall in Guyana knocked me, knocked the wind out of me. Better than any mall I've seen in Canada. And I've hardly have three of those in the in Georgetown, three of those. And imagine the homes are beautiful when they build a new home, it's beautiful. The hotel we stayed in was not cheap, but we stayed in a hotel that they declared as five star. Um, um, what's the hotel's name? Marriott. And um, everything precisely done. And so I think the country is in increasing. A little more about Guyana. It's the only English-speaking country in South America. It's not South Africa. It is South America. So if you're following us online, here is a little bit of a Guyana. It's the only English-speaking country in South America. Uh, comprises of about 83,000 square miles, mainly forest. Uh, the coastland is below sea level. It's about six feet some places and to 10 feet, if I can remember my geography here, uh, in uh, below sea level. If there's a big tsunami, everybody on the coastland would go to paradise. But um, so far, it's been good. God has been good. And uh, it is very rich in mineral resources. It's, Guyana is known for its bauxite. Uh, it's known for uh, gold and diamond mining. Uh, forestry is, um, is tremendous. Yes, imagine. People only live on the coastal and basically now they're living along the rivers and development are happening. And um, of course, among all the things, they had the worst road I ever drove on from the airport to the city. There was a section there that I told the driver uh, driving us back to the airport. I said, if, if I had a pregnant wife, she would give birth by the time she reached uh, Georgetown because there, 
there are so many holes that said you need to be a young man. He was about 22 years bringing us back to the airport and said, you've got to have a PhD. Um, he says, uh, in driving, he says, what? I say, you have to have a PhD in driving. That I was in Jamaica and one day we were drive, being driven around and this lady said, Brother Singh, I've got a PhD in driving. Uh, so what uh, he says, oh, I never knew that. I say, yes, it's pothole dodger. Uh, pothole dodger. You gotta know. He says, you know, I know where all the holes are on this road because I do this for Marriott every day uh, to the airport, back to the hotel. And so Guyana is really developing. It's progressing uh, uh, financially. It's being developed. Uh, they discovered oil along the coast, out on the, along the coast of the country, out in the ocean, of course. Oil is, is found. Investors are moving in. When I looked at the hotel, they were all, uh, you know, like I would say 80% were foreigners in that hotel uh, coming to in make investment in Guyana. So it's a country that is developing. Um, of course, sin develops everywhere, too. But um, overall, I'm glad for Brother Murphy, and I was thinking this was going to be my last trip into Guyana, but Sister Chandri don't think so. She's not too well tonight, so I'll tell her to stay home and rest a little. But she did really good through the whole trip. I never see one person enjoy themselves so much, uh, foot to foot. And she said, Dad, if I had a wheelchair to pick me up from the airport, uh, I'm noticing that it would give us faster entry into the planes because you go beyond the group one. I said, well, it gave you faster entry in and you're the last person coming back out. I said, I like to be not so bad going in, but fast coming out. I said, so I don't plan for anybody traveling with me in wheelchair. And so, anyhow, she made it. She really did good. She really enjoyed herself. And the service was good. The dedication service was good. Brother Murphy uh, was very... I cannot tell you how much I appreciate these people uh, for the efforts they made uh, being there for us. And I'm glad I moved down to Georgetown and spent the last few days in Georgetown uh, where Brother Richard... Uh, was uh, entered, getting his visitors, taking them around. Uh, he really can drive in Guyana. I don't even want to sit in the front seat because you're driving, you think the other man is coming to hit you uh, because it's on the other side of the road they drive. So when you're sitting in the front seat, uh, you'd think you're in Canada. You're like, hey, where's that guy going? No, he's on the right side. He's not going anywhere. He's driving on the wrong side of the road legally. And so... It was a wonderful trip, and uh, while I was there and I got up to speak, I spoke, told him little incidents about Guyana and myself and something like that, and then I ended up and I touched on a scripture that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about here tonight before the service gets any further. And so, uh, thanks be to Brother Murphy. His building cost him about 100000 U.S. dollars. His building cost him about a hundred thousand U.S. dollars. I asked him, I said, how much you still owe on the building? He said about twenty 
5,000 US dollars. And so he'll have to be paying that out. And if I was rich, I'll send a check for $25,000 and pay off for that building. But I don't. I sometimes have to uh, sort of make much with my own, uh, my own account. I have to pay for things myself uh, a lot of times. And so it's my sacrifice. It's the life that God has called me into. Am I dissatisfied? No, I'm very happy with what my, uh, my life is like. It's good to see Brother James and Sister Indira at the back. Um, see them in here. God is good to us. And um, while I was on this trip, I told someone, who did I tell that if uh, God can take me out of the plane, if it was going to crash? I told you, I told Nadine. I said, I honestly believe, and if I'm a child of God and I'm riding a plane and it's about to crash, he can take me out of that plane and put me underground. Just like he did when I was a kid. And he took me out from that motorcycle accident and put me on the other side of the road. Uh, God has been good. And uh, not only when uh, the, the scaffolding fell over, not only when I was in the basement and I felt an angel came and protected me from a man that was armed with a gun running around. God has been good. Uh, we almost got crashed on the road going to visit Brother Terry one time. Uh, his two brothers were with me and we were going. And Richard turned to me and I miss Richard. I talked about him yes, yesterday. He turned and he says, we are saved today because your brother Des is in the car. And I believe that. I believe that God protects his people. When it's time to die, he'll die. And we all get old after a while. I was telling the dean today, I think it was today, I said, you know, I believe when Isaac uh, got old, Abraham's son, uh, he became a little senile. I believe old age comes with, uh, you can't see, uh, you can't hear properly, uh, you become a little senile, um, because you have to be a little bit senile to, to put your hand on, on a goat's hair and think it's your son. You know, wrap your hand with goat hair and say, oh, it's my hairy son, it's my... No, uh, you got to be really on the other side. But we all get old and we all would age. But God saves us and he keeps his people. Amen. Amen. He does keep his people. And while I was doing all of that, I ended up talking about, um, uh, during the message in, in Guyana, I, I mentioned about uh, Psalms 1. I think I did. Uh, but while I was there, this thought came into my mind uh, where David says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And I'll deal with that later on. But tonight, I'm looking at a scripture here in Matthew's Gospel. Because truth, Brother Goodwin said, is progressive. Truth is progressive. And if we're not with truth that is progressive, we're some, with some apostate mindset. Uh, when, uh, when, truth was pro when truth was available and John the Baptist was sent out to pre be the harbinger or the forerunner of Jesus... Uh, he went to prepare the way of Jesus. John the Baptist did. And John the Baptist, he preached a message, repent, 
For the kingdom, repent and be baptized, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what a message God gave John the Baptist. God did not tell John the Baptist that the kingdom of God was going to be postponed. He sent him to preach a message, and that's what he ought to preach. He didn't tell him that the kingdom would not be established then, but 2,000 years or maybe longer than that. He didn't. Uh, so John the Baptist preached what the Lord told him. Even Jesus preached that the kingdom of heaven was at hand because he knew, but the message had to be current, current message, present truth for that time. And because truth is progressive, the message that was preached at that time uh, when the, it was necessary to be preached, but as time moves on and God makes adjustment to his plans, uh, God knows what he's doing. Truth has to be relevant to the time uh, truth is being preached. So truth, Brother Goodwin made a statement one time, and that's what I'm quoting here. He says, truth is progressive. Well, if truth is progressive, why is truth necessary to be progressive, simply because evil is progressive. And if evil that existed 2,000 years ago is not is more advanced and more evil than it was evil in that time, more subtle and crafty and everything else to go with it, then we must have a message uh, to be able to address that. Sadly, some people, they feel truth is stagnant and so they got truth and that is why denomination is formed if paul was stagnant he'll formulate a denomination but he decided not to be stagnant he wanted to preach the relevant truth when paul got converted before he got converted the jews they had moral principles and they had dietary laws that governed them. Uh, Paul was reaching out to a Gentile community. And if he was to preach to a Gentile community, then Paul must adjust his dietary law to accommodate what God was reaching out to. And the Lord spoke to Peter one time, and Peter was on a housetop at Joppa, and they were all staunch Jews. You see, some of us today want to be Jews. But we are Jews that would eat bacon. The Jews back there didn't touch the thing, and the Jews today didn't touch it. But you and I Gentiles that want to be Jews, you can't be a Jew without following the dietary law of the Jew. So stop eating shrimp, stop eating pork, stop eating all the contrary things that the Jews did, get circumcised and be a Jew if you're going to be a Jew. I'm not a Jew. I'm a part of spiritual Israel, but I'm not a Jew. I'm still old Gentile, saved by grace. And these are things that we must understand. So when John the Baptist preached his message, repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, some people left John and went on with the present move of God. God's move went on. 
It's like Israel. When they came out of Egypt, they just couldn't stay at the border of Egypt. They had to cross the Red Sea and get, a, get, a, get moving into the wilderness. Experiences were necessary, but they had a goal in mind. And their goal was to reach the promised land that God had promised them. And a lot of times we reach the promised land and we want to go back to the method, method and methodology of the ungodly. That's what happened to Israel because they had to move from Egypt. They had the calf men, golden calf mentality still in their hearts. They had, when the Lord used the brazen serpent, they had that in their hearts. Uh, so much that even the uh, Philistine's cart, wasn't that a message we preached recently? The Philistine cart, the methods that the Philistines are using, we want to use these things to carry on the work of God, can't happen. And so while some moved on, and I asked myself that question many, many years ago, why when Jesus, John says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world, only two of his disciples got up and followed Jesus. Two of John's disciples got up and followed Jesus. The rest sat there because it was not time for them to move on. Jesus was present truth. John became past truth. And so when Apollos was still running a church, he was running an apostate movement, even though one time it was the present move of God. God moved on. All right? Evil is progressive, so truth must be progressive to, to match the evil and to save God's people that are elect from the evil as it progresses. Are you following me? All right. And so, when we think about Israel coming through the wilderness, you know, long story short, uh, they ended up in the land of Canaan. And while they sent spies into the land, now listen to the things that my mind plays on. When they sent spies into the land, two men could not carry a bunch of grape. Isn't that amazing land? Well, that was agriculture that has never been, uh, 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 never uh, reoccurred. Because I've never seen a bunch of grape in all my life, or anybody else can tell me that two men would carry it. But they did. There were giants in the land, and they were prosperous in the land. Whatever they were doing, the land was very fertile and prosperous until Israel went in. When they went in and they entered the land, there were all kinds of famine in the land. Isn't that what happened to Moses? Uh, when, when Abraham went in, uh, when they went into the land in the days of Abraham, when Abraham went in, this land that Israel was going to from the, through the wilderness, Abraham was the first one that went in there. God called him and tell him, here is a land, I'm going to take you in. But Abraham could not stay in that land because it had famine. He stayed, but his descendants, after a while, they couldn't handle the famine. It can't be God's will. Well, it is God's will. But then they, they immigrated and they went to Egypt. And that is why God was moving them back into the land. 
But he had to he had to cleanse their mind from Egyptian philosophies and dogmas. And so when we understand how God works, as evil progressive truth must correspond with that. I'm looking at a scripture in Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus made a statement like this in Matthew 5, in verse 27. <clears throat> it says here in verse 27, You have heard that it was said of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. Jesus said, you have heard it has been said of old time. Who said it of old time? Somebody help me out here. Who said thou shalt not commit adultery of old time? Come on, try again. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. He was that angel that spoke to Moses. He was the one that represented the Father. The Father dwells in a light which no man can see. But he is manifested in the face of his Son. And so the same Jesus that said it in the Old Testament was saying it back here now. But this Jesus is showing that it has been said of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. He says, but... In this present time, I say that whosoever looketh at a woman to lust after her, in his uh, lust after her, had committed adultery with her already in his heart. So, in as evil progressed, truth must progress to work to salvage God's people and save God's people from the evil. All right. And so this is what Jesus said, and he went on for a few other things. He said here, it has been said, uh, verse 31, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of this divorcement. Verse 33, you have heard it has been said of old time, thou shalt not swear uh, by th thyself. And he goes on, it has been said, and he repeats that it has been said, verse 38, verse 43, it has been said, and then he says, uh, verse 44, he says, but I say love your enemies. It has been said, verse 43, uh, that uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. <clears throat> he says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good unto them that that uh, hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you. See, when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, truth had to, uh, he was the way, the truth, and the life. What he offered to the people 2,000 years ago was necessary to save them. As we move from the Old Testament coming to the New Testament, uh, we're learning more that the Spirit of Jesus must be developed in individuals. God had an ultimate plan. He had an ultimate goal for mankind. But these were things that were necessary. Well, Jesus said that. And I'm looking at Matthew says 80, 31. And then I'm turning over to James, the, the little uh, letter of James. And this is uh, 30 years after Jesus said that. James is writing uh, to whoever he's writing to. Uh, he addressed it, as, um, and this has been criticized uh, so much. Uh, James addressed it to the twelve tribes, uh, which are scattered abroad. He says, greetings. He's writing to the Jews. 
uh, to the twelve tribes. He's not writing to Gentiles. He's writing to the Jews. Uh, scattered abroad. He said um, in chapter 4 of James' writing, he says, From whence come wars and fighting among you? You Jews that are serving the Lord. He says, uh, I hope, when comes wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your members? He says, you lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. He said, uh, you fight and war and yet you have not. Were they fighting spiritually? Or were they fighting physically? Were they fighting with each other? Were they arguing with each other? Were they debating each other? These are all to be considered. He says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss. They were praying unnecessary prayer, asking things that they should never even ask for. Someone says, well, you know, if two shall agree is touching anything, it's, Jesus said that. If two shall agree is touching anything, it shall be done. Well, to clarify that, uh, that can't happen. If two shall agree is touching anything according to the will of God, it shall happen. But not to agree because they want new cars. So we cannot literalize everything that the Bible says. And that is why I'm glad that God has given me this opportunity to spread the gospel on Facebook. I'm glad that God has given me the opportunity to stream the message. Because there are people around the world that are hungry to receive it. And I'm glad that God has given me that opportunity. How long? I don't know. But as long as it takes. And so those individuals have <clears throat> got disciples that are not sitting in church here tonight. And one time I was absolutely against Facebook discipleship. No, Facebook followers can be real or unreal. I met a lady that I stayed in a hotel in New Amsterdam. And she came, she was um, a pearl. Uh, Pearl, I can't remember her last name now, but I met her, she came in the morning when we were almost ready to leave and she said, my name is Pearl, I own this hotel. And she said, I am a member of the Nazarene Church. We made acquaintance of New Amsterdam, that's where Brother Terry was the pastor one time. She says, I'm a member of the Nazarene Church and she says, it's good to meet you. Uh, she said, can I have some way to communicate with you? I said, my name is on Facebook. Do you have Facebook? She said, yes. And before two hours, she sent a friend request. And I accepted her. And as I'm making my travels, Pearl is responding to what I do. And she asked me to greet my church. See, the, the methods that the world are using and abusing, we can turn it around to our advantage. And they are individuals that are genuine disciples on Facebook. They might not show up uh, when Elijah felt discouraged. And he says, God, I'm the only prophet left. God says, no, I've reserved 7,000 that has not bowed their knees to Baal. There's a lot of individuals that has not bowed their knees to Baal that might be serving God. And that is why it is important to understand what God is doing today. So when James is writing, he says, you adulterers and adulteresses, 
Now, you see, evil had advanced so much that adultery not only from the Old Testament changed and was dealt with in Jesus' time, adultery has moved on by six, 30 years after Jesus made that statement in Matthew 3rd, uh, the fifth chapter. Uh, by the time James is writing, he says, you adulterers and adulteresses. This was spiritual adultery, not literal adultery. He says, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity against God. He was talking about spiritual adultery, where we, the children of God, we claim to be in the body of Christ, and we say we are the body of Christ. Well, it's really a contaminated body. If we call it the body of Christ and bring all kinds of pagan stuff into the church, don't call it the body of Christ. <clears throat> The body of Christ is a terminology that we have abused. The early church never called their movement the body of Christ, even though they believed that there was a body that Christ was building. When I got to stop, I said, good to be a part of the body of Christ. What am I trying to tell people? Am I hooked on a terminology that I can't live up to measure up to? Well, praise the Lord, we are the body of Christ. They didn't say that in the early church. Why are we repeating it? Because it gives us a little edge, a little hype. You know when someone wants a little speed, they take marijuana? Well, the body of Christ terminology has given some people a little marijuana, spiritual marijuana push. We need to get rid of some of these terms that I say I'm a part of the body. Does Christ believe I'm a part of his body? Can I contaminate? The more I say that, is the more I become accountable for the things I introduce that's not a part of what Jesus approves. And so when I'm saying all of these things, he says, do you not friendship with the world? The world is vast. It's made up of all kinds of situations. It is vast. It is subtle. And that's was done 2,000 years ago. How evil has advanced in our day. You think James ever saw a Christmas tree? And some sort of a silly thing like Santa Claus? If these men only come to life and see what is existing today, they'll be shocked. The message has to change to suit what is today. Well, nobody's going to teach me anything. I'm just holding on to my Bible. You're holding on to something that should be just the foundation, not the building. The building today ought to be able to withstand the evil forces of the spiritual deteriorating weather today. We have to protect God's people from the flood that this ark would not be finished before it even gets started. So let's not glory in something that we have no proof uh, is a reality. And so evil has advanced. And so when I say all of that, I got five minutes uh, to talk to you here. I think about, <clears throat> I think about Psalms, the uh, first chapter of Psalms. And I'm going to say this quickly and I'm going to be finished. You know, Psalms, no, I'm not going to be finished. 
give me a minute. Something else popped into my head just a minute ago. And Psalms 1, David said, Blessed is the man. Everybody, blessed is the man that does what? Walk it not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so today, COVID-19 <clears throat> is present in the world. <clears throat> we, we give names to hurricanes and we give names to all kinds of things. And this one's called COVID-19 simply because it started in the year 2019. It's not such a bad virus, but it's got the world busy. Do you know that the more information you read that the ungodly provides? I'm glad the ungodly give us electricity. I'm glad the ungodly created the microphone. I'm glad that the ungodly created these cell phones I'm, I'm taping the message for and that iPad that we're streaming on. But I don't want to follow the ungodly everything they say. And you know how many of us we are living day by day under the counsel of the ungodly and it destroys our faith. Blessed is the man <clears throat> that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. The vaccine don't have the mark of the beast in it. You got that from some dumb idiot on the, on the internet. And I'm very sad when God's children are so taken up where God has no priority. The internet and the ungodly and any conspiracy theory spread out there. So I'm going to turn from here to one more scripture and I quit. This is Brother Sam's favorite scripture. <clears throat> One of his favorite scripture. In Proverbs the third chapter. Quickly let's see how fast we can go. I'll take five minutes extra maybe tonight. It says. <clears throat> my son. Proverbs chapter three. My son or daughter. Forget not. My law. Don't forget. The commandments of God. Please. Let's look at this. Please God says my children. Remember God's commandment. Don't forget my law. Let them keep. But keep. Let thine heart keep my commandments. But how can your heart keep his commandments. If your heart is so contaminated. With everything that comes on the internet and television. It is not easy to serve God today. If it was never easy in the Old Testament. And it was never easy in the New Testament. It's not easy today. It's worse today than it ever was. Iniquity existed in Israel. That's why every prophet came. They had evil in their hearts all the time. Today, <clears throat> we have more intrusion of evil in our society than there ever was. We need to understand how important it is to get these messages in your heart yes. on a daily basis. And Psalm that uh, Solomon went on, he says, 
Why do I need the commandments of God in my heart? For length of days. And long life. Keeping God's law lengthens your life. I'm going to read this. This is good. It says, for length of days, long life. Oh, God, I give up. No, peace. Remember that lesson I preached about the disciples, Jesus sleeping in the boat? He is having deep rest like a baby. Storms are going and they all run. Oh, you don't care that we perish? And I always wonder about that until one day I stood up here and the Lord gave me the answer. Jesus said, peace to his disciples. Then he turned to the storm. He says, be still. They needed peace. A lot of us, we walk around every day and we are responsible for the confusion we feel. You need to put the laws of God in your heart. Don't only listen with your ears the messages I preach. Listen with your heart. So not only length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Who is adding this? The internet? Conspiracy theory? This week I heard the evils are wearing a mask. Person didn't tell me, they told Chandri. Evils are wearing a mask. And the mask is designed by the devil to suffocate you. God. God's people? Yeah. The vaccine would kill you. You know, people, I don't know where they go to and where they get their information from. They fail to realize the millions of people that die by this virus. Well, he took the vaccine and he got a heart attack. You go on some sort of a valid source and find out how many people got the heart attack without taking the vaccine. Yes. We are so naive, we are so taken up with the world that we don't even recognize what's the world and what's God anymore. And so that's why I'm talking to you tonight and pray that God would give you understanding. <clears throat> if you have faith, to believe that you would survive without the vaccine, good for you. That's wonderful. Not talk, faith. That same faith that you'll survive will heal your cavity and keep you from wearing glasses. But old age comes. And one time I put a pen on this side of the pulpit and I said you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you'll move a mountain well if you have faith as a grain of, of if you have faith to move a mountain and it's just a mustard seed just move the pen over here from there to here you see faith is not talk faith is always put in action and 
the scripture went on to say, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. So shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and your neighbors and mankind. We live in a society where if the word of God directs our life, we'll have a peaceful life. He goes on verse 5, trust in the Lord, not only on Sunday or Wednesday night or Saturday night. Trust in the Lord every day of your life. Do you trust God or you trust the medicine cabinet? Some of us sitting here tonight, we have absolutely no faith. Some of you listening to me on the internet, you scarcely got faith. Well, you need to come to the place where you trust God. Not be fanatical, you trust God. And that is come by, by letting the word of God develop faith. Faith cometh by hearing, but hearing cometh by the word of God. And it's the word of God is always fresh. The message I preach is designed to save your damn you. I hope it saves us. And he says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to your own understanding or somebody else's understanding. You got to learn to trust God. I really wish the day would come when we don't have the internet. I wish the day would come when all the electronics are gone, no YouTube, no internet. There was a time I said, well, I'm just going to settle for a piece of land by a river in the kingdom. No, man, I want to govern a city. I'd like to sit and rule a city, eliminate every trace of electronics that they have. Help God to establish the kingdom. I know I'm not qualified, but it's a good desire to have. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And what he will do? He will direct your paths. And be not wise in your own eyes. Fear God. Do not try to get wisdom from this world, my friend. Fear God. And depart from the evil. And it shall be what? Everybody. Health to thy navel and marrow to your bones. And you learn when you come to that place, you learn to honor God with your substance. Whatever God blesses with you out in the world, you honor God with that and the first fruits of all that increased. And so shall the money market in your neighborhood develop. No, no, no. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Evil has progressed, but truth is progressive. And may God give us that church 
that is not feeding on stale meat, but progressive truth that leads us on. Amen? Good to have you tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, that you're such a wonderful God. Thank you for bringing us safe back home from Guyana. Thank you for that assembly there. Oh, Father, we pray that you'd be with Brother Murphy and Sister Seema and the saints. Help them, O oh God, with their bills and their challenges. They're set before them, Father. Thank you for helping uh, Indira and, and James, protecting them on the road, Father. A thousand shall fall at one side and ten thousand on the other side that you promised to protect us, Father, in the midst of our trials. Help us to trust you and believe you, Father, in all things. Bless our service tomorrow. Touch Sister Chandra, help her in our recovery, Father. Give her strength. Pray for every child of God listening to us tonight that you'd help us to trust you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.